Are you an accountant looking to generate more revenue and secure your future success as automation and artificial intelligence revolutionize the accounting profession? If so, contact us at AFO Wealth Management Forward. We specialize in helping accountants and advisors just like you build a custom brand to pinpoint your optimal clientele, generate highly qualified leads through our data-driven digital marketing, and execute wealth management growth services to bring more value to your firm and your client's life. Our strategic approach to branding, marketing, and wealth management is carefully tailored to attract ideal clients, increase customer retention rates, and cultivate lasting relationships with clients across generations. Visit WealthManagementForward.com to book your free consultation to find out how you can elevate your practice. Because we don't want people to think negatively of us and potentially lose business, um, we have that fear of putting up that good front. Can you talk about that vulnerability and really how people are welcoming that and they want to see that from their advisors? They absolutely do, especially younger people. And um, it is so prevalent, Rory. I mean, you know, since, since I've been back speaking at conferences again, you know, since God willing, post COVID, um, people are starting to talk about how much anxiety as financial pro- professionals that they hold yeah. on a daily basis. And um, they felt so alone when they would go through this or continue to go through this. And the more they talk about it, the more they realize they're not alone in any way, shape or form. Welcome to AFO Wealth Management Forward, a podcast about finance, accounting, technology, and entrepreneurship. We apply our decades worth of experience and insight into what makes businesses work so we can help others grow both personally and professionally. In this ever-evolving marketplace, we help accounting firms and financial advisors grow their practice through the adoption of holistic wealth management services. Learn from industry leaders and subject matter experts to unlock the secrets of their success a podcast that shows people and companies the transformative power of technology so they don't fear it, but instead harness it. Don't fight the robots, team up with them. And here are your hosts, Rory Henry, Director of Business Development and CEO Rob Santos of Arrowroot Family Office. All right. Hello, everyone. I have a phenomenal guest joining me today. She is the president and CEO of XY Communication. She's a board member and consultant. She's a former SVP. With UBS, she carried the designations of SEMA and CFP. She's on a mission to improve intergenerational and gender communications. Uh, We're here to talk how to really connect and build relationships more authentically. Uh, So without further ado, let me introduce our guest. I can call her a friend. We've become close friends in a short period of time. Uh, Julie Johnson, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Tori. And Yeah, really close, really fast. (laughs) We had like an hour conversation and we went deep here. (laughs) I was disclosing my life story to you, Julie, and vice versa. Yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) But you know what? That's the reality and the the gift of authenticity, in my opinion, right? You just go there. Yeah. And it's very safe and very, yeah, it's awesome. Yes. It's really good. Yes. All right. Well, let's start out and kind of give our audience here your back round and story. You know, how'd you get into the the communication business here, Julie? 
So if I may, I'd love to start even, you know, my, my advisory Advisory story, if that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Right. And then my, (laughs) so when they asked you the third grade, what do you want to be? Yeah. (laughs) I I was like, um, actually I wanted to be a stewardess, but that's a story for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So it, 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 and one of the most important questions in discovery, in my opinion, that, that we as advisors need to get in touch with, with ourselves and in touch with, with our clients and or prospects is how they were raised yeah. in their relationship with money, right? So not just how they feel about it now and how they feel about it going forward for their future, but how were they raised? Was yes. it anxiety? Was it easy? Was it, you know, what was it? So for me, my story and the reason why I became an advisor was because we were living this great life. My parents never, as far as I knew, stressed about money until very unforeseen thing happened. My dad lost his job mm-hmm. and it was purely due to cutbacks. And he was a pretty senior level person in a, a large insurance company and um I had never heard my parents fight about money until then. And they fought uh, a lot at that point in time. And it was super scary. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, like many, they hadn't planned for the unplanned, right? We don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And so the best advisors, in my humble opinion, help their clients plan for the unplanned, right? So that is short and sweet version of why I became a financial advisor. Um, Joined Smith Barney 1996, which is now Morgan Stanley. Um, Did, we were very lucky, very successful, blessed with fabulous clients, ended up managing a book of approximately a billion dollars in assets under management. Um, And, you know, so I got my CFP, my SEMA, you know, all of the licenses, right? And then, and during 2008, 2009, there was a lot that occurred in addition to obviously one of, you know, if not the worst, one of the worst uh, financial situations that our world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a lot of personal things going on too. So thanks to the extraordinary amount of stress, I actually started uh, experiencing organ failure. Oh, wow. And um had to get a pacemaker, had to go out on disability for a couple of years. So let go of all of my licenses, which in retrospect, you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but continuing education wasn't high on the priority mm-hmm. list when I wasn't sure what, you know, my life expectancy was. Continuing life is what you want. Yes, exactly. So then what brought me into the communication side and the, if you will, the human and relationship side of my job and what I love that I get to do today is Brene Brown. So Brene Brown and Adam Grant have been two of the most inspirational people and you know who they are, Rory. And so it's, you know, for people who know who they are, it's like, well, yeah, duh. <laughs> if you don't know who they are, highly, highly recommend that you find out because um, they're wonderful, fabulous people and just really inspirational. Um, I actually got to meet and work with Brene Brown and her team 
in 2014. And they were the ones who said, Julie, you've got to go back into the financial industry, not as an advisor, but as a coach, consultant, speaker. I had been really, really honored. We had won a lot of awards when I was an advisor, you know, barons, whatnot. And so I'd been invited to do quite a bit of public speaking when I was an advisor. Knew I loved it. Knew I loved giving back and, and sharing uh, with the community. So, of course, the very first thing I did was go to Google and say, all right, you know, what's my niche going to be? What are the biggest pain points that the financial advisory space is dealing with at this point in time? And this is sort of 2015, 2016. And Mm -hmm. no surprise, then as it is now, it very predominant theme is the great wealth transfer, right? Mm -hmm. So depending upon who you ask, $68 trillion moving <laughs> from older generations. numbers always fluctuate a little bit. Between. Right. Yeah. A few trillion <laughs> yeah, here and there. Trillion, you know, yeah, no couple, big deal. Yeah. A couple of years. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it's, it's working and helping guide the older advisors to authentically connect and communicate with the inheritors mm. of that money. And so that, you know, I did the good old lunch and learns and, and started building my, my business uh, XY communication from that point in time, I was extraordinarily blessed. I got hooked back up with people that I knew at Barron's and they invited me to come do the the speaker circuit there. Um, And it was all about, you know, helping older advisors connect not only with younger advisors on their own teams, Um, but also authentically connecting with, again, the younger family members of existing clients. And it came when I started really looking into and studying the differences in in how different generations feel about money, talk about money, want to learn about money, want to work with an advisor in regard to their financial future. There's a lot of variation (laughs) and a lot of potential disconnection and none of it it's not right or wrong better or worse it's just different right yeah i mean you have on your site there i mean you have a it really laid out pretty well i mean the baby boomers and we're looking at the notes here they like face-to-face communication and they value personal relationships gen xers they value efficiency prefer communications that are direct to the point they're getting down to millennials that want that quick concise uh response delivered through technology and then the gen zers uh, the up and comers really prefer uh, the social media piece. I thought I found that fascinating. Really, it's I read a great book, Julie, by Dr. Mark Golston. He's a UCLA a psychologist, and he talked. He has a book called Just Listen, and then another book called Real Influence. Mm. It's all about getting to somebody's there, there. Yes, you know, and really stepping in their shoes, and that's where the empathy comes in, um, and understanding, you know, you know how they communicate, you know, where they're where they're coming from. And meeting them where they need meeting you where to they be. are. Yeah. Not not where you are, but where they need you to be. Couldn't agree more. And and I want to sort of do, you know, one of those prefaces slash, <laughs> you know, subtext that yeah. every human being is an individual, right? Doesn't, uh, you know, yeah. age, gender, what have you. So we are we are lucky to have a lot of fabulous statistically based significant data 
However, it's super important, and I think we're going to get into this conversation as well. Don't just because of that statistical data, don't assume that you know who that individual person yeah. is because of their age or gender or upbringing or what happened. Because everybody's got their own story. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, we joked about it prior to recording here uh, about uh, having uh, stats because they're so impactful, but then having that story, and then when we said, "What's the third S?" and Julie came up with success. So, you know, having those stats telling a story and then, you know, setting someone up for success. So let's go into these stats, Julie, because I know uh, you have some good ones. There's a Wharton, Harvard, uh, Vanguard study that talks about um, the importance of engaging with women uh, as well as a younger generation. Can you kind of go over those findings? Oh, absolutely. I love this <laughs> stuff. I geek out, as they say. <laughs> so uh, to, to back up a little bit, um, the most important, and Rory, you and I, and, and many, many fabulous thought leaders in the financial space and across all industries talk about building trust mm -hmm. and how if we cannot build trust, we will not be successful and we won't have engagement, you know, whether it's with employees or, you know, the, the people that we work with in any industry. So it all comes down to trust and trust more and more and more. And this is, this is, you reference Harvard and Wharton and Vanguard. They've all, and I can provide anyone, any of these studies who wish to see them. Um, they talk specific to how, um, I'm going to uh, speak to the Vanguard study because it talks specifically to the building of trust between a financial professional and their client. And of course, you know, and it breaks it down into three pieces. And I'm, I'm gonna misquote two of the pieces, but it's, you know, something to the effect of the, the obviously the, the rules, you know, right? The fiduciary responsibilities, knowing your stuff, so competence, right. but the most, the largest and most prevalent piece in that trust building between financial professionals and their clients and our prospects is emotional engagement. More uh -huh. than 53% is emotional engagement. And that is a surprise for a lot of us who've been in the financial industry because we think statistics, we think <laughs> numbers, right? We don't think emotions so much. We're evolving. We're getting there, which is wonderful um, and necessary. But so that's a really, and I have a lot more studies that, you know, some people are like, Julie, you know, this is business. It's not personal. And I would say respectfully, it's both. Yeah. And so be ready with both, right? Be ready with the numbers and the stories to, to hopefully then get the success. Um, so then you then we kind of work our way into women and the next generation. And why are those groupings so prevalent and important as our financial industry evolves? And I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but it, in the time, I'm going to stay kind of top level. Mm -hmm. um, the, the biggest, most important reason is business-wise, women and investors and, you know, or anybody that needs financial help. Rory, I know a lot of your listeners are, are CPAs, accountants, and whatnot. So um, people, women and young, people under the age of 55 are going to be the most dominant uh holders of investable assets by 2030 so in le in less than seven years 
And this is a statistically proven fact, right? So because of that, it is important for us to do our due diligence to figure out, okay, are women and younger people, are they looking for something different than the status quo of what we've seen for the last 10, 20, 30 years? And the answer to that is a resounding yes. I'm very prevalent yes and 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 such a yes that if you don't take the time to figure out what they want again meeting women where they want you to be meeting the younger generations where they want you to be um unfortunately I I hate to say it you're probably going to lose some really meaningful business yeah. so it's super super important to pay attention um women Again, this is statistically based. So do the great discovery, do the due diligence. If you're like, oh my gosh, you know, my discovery is just a financial plan questionnaire. That's not (laughs) going to cut it. Um, I have some wonderful, you know, a full two pages of great discovery questions that helps you build deeper relationships and get past to what's really important to women and what's really important to the younger generations. Um, But what they really want from you is, do you have their back? Are you going to make sure that their financial future is secure? Are you going to make sure that the financial future of their family is secure? And oftentimes, as you you know, as well as I do, we're talking that the the potential for divorce. We're talking mm-hmm. the potential for the sad but inevitable death. Um, and it is really seen to be excruciatingly important um, more and more is, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I know you'll let me, mm-hmm. um, a study that came out earlier this year talks about how uh, people who, you know, the, the people who are alive today want to make sure that the inheritors of their wealth, and again, this is for tax situations, estate planning situations, advisory situations, or just across the board, right? They want support and assistance to make sure that their families' financial futures are stable and are planned for. And another statistic is 80% of the time, the, the patriarch passes away and it's the matriarch that is really doing the final planning. And so number one, we have to make sure that we're meeting these matriarchs where they need us to be, which again is is a far more emotionally confident, safe space, holding a, a safe space so they can become emotional and feel confident in being vulnerable with us, not feel weird. We have, you know, we don't give them the vibes or the body language or the whatever that's like, oh, dear God, you're going to cry. I don't know how to handle that. Right. And I, I'm not saying that as a dig. It's just yeah. a lot of financial professionals aren't taught to feel comfortable and confident to necessarily be able to hold space for that. Well, they're confident 
because they've been trained in the numbers. In the numbers. And the economic theory yep. and the tax law. Yep. So that's what easy. we're asking people to do is to get outside their comfort zone, but that's where the magic happens. We talked before the call, Julie, and I talked about relationship DNA. We all have this DNA of being able to communicate and have relationships with people. And it's really understanding the work. That's why I love the work that you're doing is you're helping uncover what people do want, how to best communicate with them to, to reach their goals and aspirations. And, and it got me thinking as you were talking, you know, we're dealing with um, advising women. And, you know, my question to you is, I mean, I think we're working with thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of years of evolution and women being caregivers. So they may have different aspirations compared to the patriarchs out there where they want to ensure the safety and security of the family from an evolutionary perspective. Am I wrong? Couldn't be more accurate. Well, and to go really whatever, it's it's a neuroscientific fact Yeah, that that's also how a woman's brain is built. There's, there's more empathy. There's more, we are more emotional communicators because of our brain, thanks to our brain. And so, you know, you, you, there's no point in fighting it, right? <laughs> we, again, we need to do the due diligence and figure out how to meet them where they are. Yeah. So it goes to, to kind of hanging your hat on competence and maybe, you know, thinking, um, more collaboratively. I want to see another C word. <laughs> I'm trying to use my alliteration here, yeah. Julie, where we hung our hat on our competence before. And as uh, as you saw, I'm writing my book with technology advancing, you know, that knowledge can be, um, be done usually by computer now um, as AI and technology is advancing. We can look things up, you know, in the snap of a finger, but it's really the human side of advice and diving deeper into finding, you know, out people's goals and aspirations and values. Let's talk about the power of uncovering values. Um, because you know, we talk about that in financial therapy and behavioral finance. Can you kind of talk to our audience, you know, the, the reasons why we do value-based planning? Absolutely. And to, to touch on, especially since chat GPT has come out, right? Yeah. There's been so much information articles discussions had out there about oh my gosh is chat gpt going to take over our world in my humble opinion if we do our job in and again being that relational person there's no chance that chat gpt or any ai tool right. can take over our job. And potentially, if we're really smart, we figure out how to enhance it, right? Yeah. How to use it, how to make our practices more efficient by utilizing AI as opposed to fighting it. Yeah. So the the inevitability of, especially, you know, the younger generation, statistically proven, relying on, you know, go, going online, the good news is they want and need their advisor to then help them to customize the information that they have found online and make it specific to their story, yeah. to their family, to their future, because online doesn't do that without, you know, maybe a calculator, you know, something like that. Right. 
So they rely on, and we might as well jump into kind of the, the next gen and, and to be specific in this because again, and again, I'm, you're going to get sick of me saying this, statistically based, but don't assume, ask the questions. Um, the younger generation cares deeply for the environment. Yeah. The younger generation is very passionate about what they are passionate about. That's exactly right. So we as advisors must be cognizant to that and therefore ask them the questions that help us to dig into what they value and then again, meet them there, build the financial plan to support that. Um, I just, I did a, a speech at a conference, I don't know, a month ago, give or take. And we were talking a lot about how a, what many younger people, especially young families are challenged with today is the cost of childcare. It's mm -hmm. out of control. Um, obviously planning for your ch your children's education. You know, do you do that? There was a big question. Do I plan for my kid's education or do I plan for my retirement? Right. And how the heck do I do both, right? Um, something that is very, very different, but potentially very important to them is they want to plan to, to, to potentially be able to take a sabbatical from work. Yeah. They want to plan to potentially take unpaid time off either to, you know, do, do whatever they want to go do. And maybe it's not a want, maybe it's because unfortunately they have an ailing parent or, yeah. you know, it's just, there's a lot of unknowns that they're very confident or excuse me, they are very cognizant about and maybe not confident about. And so they come to us to help build that plan. And unfortunately, one of the things that I have found in a lot of the teams and a lot of advisors that I've worked with over the, the years is older advisors, because they are like, you, you want to, you know, plan to take time off. Yeah. What are you talking about? You time wanna, off? Right. <laughs> I've you never taken work. time off. Yeah. yeah. I never budgeted for that. Right. I mean, maybe you budgeted for a vacation, vacation yeah. but not, you know, a month or two months you know, so it just, again, it's not right or wrong. It's, it's, different. it's different. And we have to remember it's, it's just different. And so we, we as older advisors have to do the best that we can not to get squirmy, not to like have some, wait, what, you know, type of reaction with them. We have to hold space for them. So they know that whatever they, whatever is important to them, this work-life balance, whatever you want to call it, we, it is our job to say, okay, here's what you can do, given the certain, you know, the current situation. Here's, if you want to do this, then we've got to make some changes, yeah. right? So it's, it's, again, us meeting them where they want to be, but then giving them the guidance of how they get there. And that's uh -huh. wh where we can, that's where we will be their go-to. We will truly be their trusted advisor, their therapist, their you know, all of those things. Cause I mean, I don't have to tell you, Rory, a lot of times they're telling us stuff that they don't even tell their <laughs> spouse. They don't certainly don't tell their kids. They don't. And 
and the best financial professionals learn, and this is one thing that I, I try to do really well with my clients is, you know, a lot of people talk about, okay, here's, here's what's going on. Here's why it's going on. I try to help people with the how, you know, a lot of people are saying you need to become more emotionally confident, more vulnerable, more, you know, holding the non-judgment or the judgment-free safe space. And a lot of advisors are like, okay, I, I get that. How do I do that? Yeah. Give me, give me the how-to. Give exactly. Me the and that's that's where I love helping advisors, helping teams. Yeah. So, what are some of those most more powerful questions, or what is you know some of the advice that you give those first couple steps in so, becoming more vulnerable? Absolutely. And <laughs> this is you know my work is. I mean, not it works on me, Julie. You had me pour my guts out <laughs> in twenty minutes. So, <laughs> oh, you know the the most important thing, Rory, is. Um, figuring out how to make people feel safe. Yeah. And and um part of this gift came from my mother who is just a rock star, but it's um so <laughs> the most challenging part that I think is what is fought with me. I'm not articulating that very well, but I think you understand what I'm saying. So so the the piece that I once I've built the trust, which for me, I'm, I'm very lucky, takes maybe an hour, maybe two hours, sometimes less, right? Like yeah. with you and me, it was less, which was awesome. But it's also because you were, you're coachable, right? You're open to it. You're, and you're, you were ready and willing to go there, at least in, in, you know, at that particular moment in time. But it has to start with you. It has to start with the CPA. It has to start with the attorney. It has to start with the financial advisor because if, and, and that makes people like, oh dear God, right? You know, <laughs> makes people freak out because that is not the practice of the past yeah. ever. But it is the I practice mean, of the future. And even today, you know, CFP, and I'm so thankful and happy that they have behavioral finance, <laughs> you know, and, and the- 7%, the psych- I think it's- 7%. <laughs> they got up it though. <laughs> like, come on, friends, let's, you know, but at least it's a start, right? Yes. So it's people such as myself and, and other fabulous thought leaders that are helping make the reality more comfortable for us as, as financial professionals. Again, we have to start with us. We have to start with our own story, our own relationship with money, our own, you know, so do, do our own discovery on ourselves. The discovery that we ask our clients to do with us, we have to do it on ourselves, not only because then we become more of an authentic, confident human, but also because when we ask our clients or prospects work. pretty deep questions, they may be like, I-, I just met you, right? I don't trust you or know you yet. I'm not going to go there yet. No worries. Let me tell you my story. Yeah. And, and by telling them and, and having your story, the, the other thing with women and younger um people is they're great BS sniffers. 
if you are not being your authentic self and you are not just being a human being, it's more than likely going to turn them off. You know, if yeah. you're spouting a bunch of jargon and you're talking over their head, it's counterintuitive, but it's again, another statistical fact. People want you to speak with them like you're a human being and they're a human being match their vernacular, match yeah. their cadence. And so I'm talking in circles a little bit, but what's important and, and I, what I want to be the really, um, prevalent takeaway in that is that we have to start with our own stories so that because if we tell our if we have the ability to tell our own vulnerable stories and share those with prospects and clients it's going to make them trust us more and open up and engage more yeah that's that's my number one most important and then to go from there it's again just having fabulous discovery questions and I something for for younger financial professionals, I'm sorry to say it, but some of it is just experience. And so get a mentor, get somebody who can help you. I, you know, talk to me, I'm more than happy to help. Um, but get somebody who can help you with that guidance, you know, talk through, you know, I'm meeting with the the these people and this is what I think they're gonna ask me. And you know practice right so anyway i i hope that gave yeah. at least one or two valuable solutions yeah maybe i want to have you touch on this because it's prevalent in the accounting profession uh, we have major burnout my friend randy crabtree has a conference called bridging the gap uh, he's called the unique cpa and he's talking about uh, this burnout uh, how CPAs are, are having problems with the, their mental health sure. um, because they're working with constrained deadlines. And, and I think if more CPAs, accounting professionals out there talked about those issues of, look, during tax time, we're, our hair is on fire. And all we want are those clients to be able to get us the information we need so we can properly do our job. You know, we're not charging enough money. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm working X amount of hours and I'm not living a fulfilling life. Um, and I think there's really need to have maybe a sense of, you know, what do they want out of their life, their profession and, and how to advise clients. And I think that goes kind of to that older business model where they were just having KPIs, getting out deliverables, right? They're not going deeper. And that's why I'm talking about our integrated model of really bringing in wealth management and financial planning piece, because you can go deeper with those clients. You can understand, you know, the next generation uh, and, and a family's concerns, a mother and father's concerns for their kids and putting them through college and having those deep, meaningful conversations allow you to open up a possibilities of ways that you can service their clients, whether it's estate planning or wealth management uh, or doing tax planning. So I think it's a tremendous opportunity for those of the profession to kind of look at, you know, what do I want out of life? And I think the thing that missing, and we talked about this before you got on here, uh, Julie, is they're just missing that how-to. Like, how do I, you know, communicate uh, more effectively or how do I uh, integrate these services to provide more value to clients? And that, like I said, that's why I love what you're doing because you're kind of giving them a map uh, to be able to do that. So, Never be, never having been a CPA, never having been an accountant. Um, however, certainly working 
<laughs> with very uh, a lot of emotional, very high expectation clients whom we are like, okay, you're my livelihood, right? Yeah. So I, I better not, you know, make you mad or lose you. So the balance, one, one or two solutions that I would offer Rory, and of course, every person's practice is different. So everyone has to adjust this for their own. And, and I love your question. And if anybody wants to, you know, speak with me and say, this is my situation, can we talk through, you know, my specific situation, love the opportunity and welcome it. But ge generically speaking, two things come to mind that are very, very important. And what I would do is starting in, you know, January, um, let be very, very clear and concise about your deadlines. I need this information by X date. And let them know if you're comfortable doing so, I cannot do my best work for you if, if I'm, you know, working 18, 20 hour days for a month straight. That not only is negative to me, it's negative to you because I'm not doing my best work for you, right? So if you get them thinking in the mindset of, of your why, why they can't, you know, dump all their information on you, on, you know, April 14th and expect you to, or, you know, for individuals, I know it's different for corporate, but set deadlines and hold them to those deadlines. If you're a younger financial professional and you, you know, you're hungry and you're like, I got to take out any client I can get, you know, maybe that's not something that you can do. But if you're a little bit more senior, you've been in the business a little bit longer, communicate deadlines and communicate why those deadlines matter. And yeah, sure. Say I, you know, my mental health really matters to me. I'm sure as, you know, if you were in my shoes, you would understand, but, and the other way of saying it is, I can't, again, I can't do my best work for you if my hair's on fire and my stress level is at, you know, 1 million. So the more you can help me out by meeting these deadlines, yeah. um, it, it's going to be a win-win for both of us. Yeah. How, does that resonate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and I want you to explore, because we talked, talked about this on our, our first call, Julie, um, I want to explore Brene Brown and being yeah. vulnerable. And we talked about how many times as advisors, we don't want to show that vulnerability or chinks in our proverbial armor yep. because we don't want people to think negatively uh, of us and potentially lose business. Um, we have that fear of putting up that good front. Can you talk about that vulnerability and Absolutely. really how... People are welcoming that and they want to see that from their advisors. 
They absolutely do, especially younger people. And um, it is so prevalent, Rory. I mean, you know, since since I've been back speaking at conferences again, you know, since God willing, post COVID, um, people are starting to talk about how much anxiety as financial professionals that they hold on a daily basis. And um, they felt so alone when they would go through this or continue to go through this. And the more they talk about it, the more they realize they're not alone in any way, shape or form. It is very scary for people who literally build business though, because people rely on them for solid decision-making, solid, you know, number crunching, whatever you want to call it. And so the one thing that I have heard on a, a relatively regular basis is even if you do not feel comfortable or confident speaking about it publicly, find a group of like-minded individuals, you know, a cohort, other people that you work with, a community, and share with them. Because sometimes just feeling, just talking about it out loud and knowing that you're not alone helps. Um, If you're at a point for you where it makes sense to speak about anxiety and mental well well-being i highly recommend that you do it because my gosh there's so much anxiety in our in i mean so much and it's so scary i mean it's buddy it's why i got organ failure Mm. was the anxiety and the stress and i had no one to talk to i literally had no one to talk to not only did i have no one to talk to i had people telling me every day Julie, this is business. It's not personal. These personal relations, you know, and this is late nineties, early two thousands, these personal relationships that you're building with these people, that's a waste of time. And that inherently went against my, who I was as a professional person. And it, it tore me down. It really tore me down. So it's figuring out a way to advocate for yourself so that you can stay mentally healthy, mentally strong, mentally well. Um, those are things that I'm happy to discuss yeah. with you also. And and a private way to do that, again, I think is to find another community of trusted, like-minded individuals. And then, and you know, it's like, you know, just a, a group of other people that are experiencing the same things, and maybe they've found solutions that they can share with you, and mm-hmm. vice versa. And um, just know that you're not alone. That's yeah. probably the biggest, most important takeaway with all of that. And even just listening to Brene Brown, man, that was so. <laughs> when I've learned about who she was and the work that she did, it was so much validation. And just even listening to her and reading her books made me feel better. And I wasn't a self-help person growing up at all. Yeah. I was taught, you know, therapy is weakness. Right. Now I, I know better. 
but it took a long time. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Well, Julie, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience that we didn't cover? Yeah. I know we have a lot here, so. (laughs) I know, right? Um, And and maybe we do a second one, you know, I I would love it. So throw a cliffhanger or a teaser out there. Okay. (laughs) Um, The best way to, so, so another, and you touched on this earlier, another reason why making sure that we are really engaged with our female clients is because often they are the gateway to the younger family members, the inheritors of wealth, the inheritors of, you know, the tax situations, what have you. And my, my biggest cliffhanger slash takeaway is when you are wanting to get engaged with the younger family members of your existing clients and you need to get, you know, permission, right, to, to be introduced. I want to be introduced to your family. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest hesitations that clients that I've worked with tell me, and I experienced this when I was an advisor, is that the parents or grandparents are reticent to make those introductions because they're like, oh my gosh, it's going to be such an uncomfortable, potentially controversial conversation you know it's just gonna cause a lot of arguments and I'm not yeah yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready to go there try to walk them through what I call a paradigm shift thank you Stephen Covey Mm -hmm. right so the paradigm shift is I hear you and yeah it it could bring up some awkward conversations I want you to know that I am here to help you navigate those awkward conversations. And if you as a financial professional are are perhaps not totally secure in navigating those conversations, bring, you know, myself in or someone else um, and we can help you do it. But the way that you flip it and get your existing clients to realize that those introductions are so incredibly important is by sharing with them, you know, I understand the hesitation and the anxiety that this brings up for you. However, think about the fact that eventually you're going to be gone. You know, it's an inevitability that none of us want to talk about, but we have to. And isn't it going to be, aren't you going to be serving your family so much better by having all the plans in place by even communicating with your family here's what we've decided and here's why and the one thing about younger generations they love to be in the know they love to ask questions they love to collaborate um but and the more the the earlier you start these conversations the better it will be because then if you wait until later, then it becomes this taboo, scary yeah. subject, right? If you if you start the conversation early and even often, it becomes a very regular, just sort of more normal conversation. You are training and teaching and giving uh, educational resources about your child's financial future um you're training them and giving them tools that yeah. they otherwise may not have 
So it's not only are you setting themselves up so that they don't have to, you know, in addition to the um, emotional heartbreak that they're going to be experiencing when you pass, everything else is, you know, as much as you possibly can, everything else is taken care of. And they know where the documents are. They know who's in charge. They know, you know, the why. You've had the chance to talk it all through. And that's another statistic that, that comes out is the dominant preference for investors is for their financial professionals to have helped them have these wealth transfer conversations with their families while they're still alive. Yep. So it's really important. Yep. I mean, that's why we have our family office (laughs) and shouting from the mountaintops. (laughs) Yeah. The, you know, the benefits of having that family, having those difficult conversations, but it's better to have them now in, you know, at a younger age and move them along rather than dumping a bunch of wealth or a family business in their laps. And like, oh my gosh, where do I even start? And why did you do this to me? Yeah. (laughs) They're ill prepared on the financial battlefield, on the psychological battlefield. Um, So it's important to have those conversations uh, with them early and often. I couldn't agree more with you, Julie. Yay. Yay. All right. Um, we got so much more. Uh, yep. We can we can have another follow-up uh, talk here with Julie. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing Thank your you, wisdom. Um, if our audience does want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do so? Love, love, love emails. So my email is Julie, so J-U-L-I-E at xycommunication.com. And communication is singular, not plural. So Julie at xycommunication.com and bring the don't don't hesitate to ask any questions get in touch i love it there you go i'll put all that information in the show notes julie thank you so much again for coming on thank you so much rory it's been great all opinions expressed by Rob Santos and Rory Henry on this website podcast interview are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Arrowroot Family Office LLC or their parent company or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by anyone as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of their opinions. Past performance is not indicative of future results.